It's time for our conversation with David, brought to you each and every week by our friends at the Murdoch Auto Team. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Of course, he's the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, our good friend David Locke. David, hello. How are you? Hello, guys. How are you? I think it's gonna, I think it was one of the things that I just heard Gordon touching on is that, you know, at the core, these guys are ballers, right? Like that's like Jordan Clarkson just wants to get back out and play. Like that's what he is. He wants to be, you know, and, and so at the core of it, we're going to see which guys are, which guys really just want to get in ball. And that's kind of great. It's going to be a different feel, and and actually, let's let's jump in there, David. Let's talk about the uh, overall quality of basketball. Is this going to be a, a situation where you know it's going to be business as usual for the guys that really want to be there? But maybe we'll see some teams like, and I'm not trying to throw Brooklyn under the bus, but they have the have, are going to be missing some players, right? Right? Are we going to see teams like maybe the Nets who just want to get home as quick as possible? we might see some of that and we could spotlight that if we wanted, but I might flip around the conversation into another level, which is that of if you, and that is the, um, they, they, they're practicing tomorrow, right? So the jazz will practice tomorrow. They'll play their first game on the 30th. That's 22 days to get ready. They, and, and it's not like these guys haven't been doing something. So, so I think that they have a really pretty good chance to, to continue to get ready, right? Like I, I think that they're they're coming in on a running start. They might not be at peak performance right now, but they're pretty. I'll bet you they're pretty a little closer than we think. Twenty two days is a lot. Like they're going to be. Then they then let's say they're not quite at peak performance. Let's take the worst case scenario. So then they have another fourteen days to get. There's no question to me that by the time playoffs start on August 17th or whatever it is, these guys are going to be at peak performance. And I think we might get the best basketball we've ever seen because they're at peak performance. They're not traveling. They're playing virtually every other day without breaks, which is how you maintain peak performance. And they're, you know, to their detriment are no distractions. So I, I actually, and there's no sleep deprivation. Like I think that there's a chance this could be the best basketball that we ever see. Huh. That's really interesting, David. I hope so. That would be cool, but you gave good reasons for it. Well, and then let's, let's take the, let's take the other angle. You really like that we get the playoffs. These guys are tired. having gone through an 82 game schedule. Like everyone's healthy right now. They're maybe too fresh, but Right? I mean, usually by the time you hit May, these guys have been going since October. Now when we hit the equivalent of May, which will be the second round of the playoffs, so that'll be mid, you know, mid-August, they will have been playing for a month and a half. David Locke is with us, 97.5 and uh, 1280 The Zone. Um, David, I want to. Uh, I guess I have a two-part question for you about uh, Rudy and, and Donovan and the uh, ESPN piece by Tim McMahon yesterday. I kind of want your overall takeaway from it. But I also want to talk about the, the basketball uh, discussion that's at the center of it, and that's Rudy Gobert's offensive opportunity, his touches and his shots. And I want to get your thoughts on that. But start off with your, your reaction, if you would, to the overall piece. If we're just talking about the piece, I, I think that it, Tim did a did a good job as a reporter on a touchy subject to not 
you know, I think he could have taken pieces and done other things, and he had some interesting tidbits, and he had some stories, and so he had a lot of quotes, and he clearly talked to, you know, multiple sources. So from a standpoint of reporting, I mean, Tim's very good, and I and he's a friend, so you're, you know, I'm probably not going to criticize him um, as, you know, as I might somebody else, but I, so I, I guess I'm saying I'm biased, but I thought it was good. Like from my biased eyes of liking Tim and being friends with him, um, I I thought he was I thought he was quite good. So um, and you know, uh, yeah, I mean I I thought it was well reported. David, I thought the self awareness expressed by Rudy Gobert was really fascinating. I talked about this with Scotty. Um, the other day on the show, and Gordon, you probably have a better perspective of it. You've raised somebody who's 28 years old at this point, um, and you know, our you know, we're not our kids aren't the same as Rudy. That's a different game. But like you know, Scotty G and I were joking. We have 18 year olds at dinner right now, and they're great. Like a, it's fabulous. But and what's so great about them is that they've gained enough confidence that they know everything, right? Like they're pretty, they're pretty certain about that. And it's great. Like I, I actually like admire that the fact that they've worked hard enough and developed their thoughts and they now have enough confidence to, to act like they know everything that's going on. And then if you take, so that's the youth, it's beautiful. And then you add in the fact that they're, you know, that we have a, an athlete who then take that and then is been on a sole quest to be the greatest center in the world like the idea that he might not have had this self-awareness and is now gaining it at 28 years old that that's actually a very natural progression like you know i mean frankly gordon you worked with me at i mean i was a program director at 25 26 27 and you could probably tell some stories about my lack of self-awareness and solely one-dimensional viewpoint of trying to make our radio station the number one radio station in the country with really a little bit of disregard of what the impact was on everybody else around us like there was a mission right and didn't have the depth that you had at the time with a wife and a bunch of kids and and so i think that that's like i just don't think there's anything unusual about what we're seeing and it's actually I find delightful to watch that growth now and that self-awareness out of Rudy. He just happens to be that he's living in a spotlight with teammates in an environment where these things get talked about. But you're right. It's a, it's a neat thing to see. I thought his culture, I've gone back and forth with him on some things recently and I've seen it in those interactions as well. And he, you know, I, I think he's doing what a natural 28 year old's doing, which is beginning to learn that there's, there's more things in the world than just what he's, what he, is experiencing he's trying to learn and he's and he's adding in who he is as a person speaking of 18 year old kids uh david my thought on that was i always wanted my my girls to grow up to to think for themselves and to have to think issues through and then develop an opinion an informed opinion and i thought that was a great idea until they started disagreeing with me (laughs) well i i I, I, I'm not sure I ever get mine out to have the disagreement. I just uh, I take in what everyone has to say right now. Uh, David, um, forgive me for circling back to this, but I, I, I want to get your thoughts, and I'll, I'll explain why, about uh, Rudy and Donovan and whether Rudy gets gets enough shots. and Because that came back up, right? I mean, there was that anecdote about where Rudy uh, was giving the postgame interview and Donovan came to get him with the water bottle and he told him to pass the ball, you know, kind of like a kidding but not kidding kind of thing. And that was a theme throughout that piece with Tim McMahon. And the reason I want to hear your opinion on it is because I think you are really good, better than anybody else out there, at – demonstrating or illustrating Rudy's value as a basketball player and to the to the Utah Jazz. And I guess I want to hear your opinion about it because it's his game is about so much more than shots. 
I, I guess I'm surprised that the team gets bogged down or he gets bogged down on he wants more shots. His value is so much more than that. Well, but Rudy wants the shots because the shots bring the recognition, right? So, um, you know, if we understand that, then I think we can understand where Rudy's coming from. But there's a there's something going on in the. I'm actually going to say I don't think Rudy has a lot of legs to stand on this one. Um, and, and I'll explain why. Because there's a phenomenon that's going on in the league right now um, that I think is is worth kind of touching on. So in the last three years, the average team in the NBA took 36% of their shots at the rim. And all of a sudden this year, that number dropped. And it doesn't sound like a lot to 35% of their shots at the rim. But defenses in the league have suddenly committed to completely taking away the rim. There are now six teams in the league that allow less than a third of their shots defensively at the rim. And the 16-17 season, so go back four years of that, um, that, that is more so, or even, you know, maybe a better example is just go back a year ago, right, when he sets the dunk record. The fact of the matter is that, you know, Rudy has caught more balls at the rim than anyone in the NBA. That Last year, there's only five teams that held people under 33%, or defend, I had offensive numbers, I'll have to look up the defensive numbers. The um, Last year, there were only three teams in the league that held people under 33%. It's the focus of the league right now. If you go you know, look up the amount of passes caught at the rim in the NBA, Rudy's near the top of the league. Um, and so I, and, and then, you know, if you want to get like, if Rudy wants the ball more, the, the other thing Rudy's got to be able to do is, is score when there is somebody between him and the basket. Like that's not something he does right now. So getting Rudy the ball is really, he's got to dunk it. But if you go and look at Rudy shooting outside like four or five feet, it's, it's not good. And it's never been good. I, um, and so, to, you know, to some extent, I think that's on Rudy a little bit, right? So um, those are the, you know, Rudy this year outside from three to 10 feet shot 39%. From three to ten feet. Last year, that number was even worse. Last year, if I remember correctly, that number is, I'd have to look it back up, and I'm going to pull it here in a second. Last year, three to ten feet for Rudy was 34%. And then if you stretch it out anymore, it was two of 14 once he got outside ten feet. So Rudy can say he wants the ball more, but right now Rudy cannot score efficiently if there's somebody between him and the basket. So it's, in my mind, this is where, you know, Rudy's not great on this one. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I could feel good as a lawyer making Rudy's case. Now, on the other hand, Rudy's leading the league in screen assists. He's setting a ton of screens. He's getting himself, you know, he, he's, a, he's creating opportunities for everybody. And Donovan is open-minded. And if you dig into the numbers on, like, who throws passes to who, Rudy's numbers to Donovan's passes to Rudy's are probably not enough. Like, Donovan probably needs to throw more passes to Rudy, like, if it gets right down to it. You know, so, I mean, the flip side of this also, though, is what's so funny about this, and then this is, a, is another angle on it, is that their pick and roll game is a million times better than it was a year ago. So if you go to the 18-19 season with Rudy and Donovan, their inability to play pick and roll effectively was an issue. Like, remember, like the pick and roll game with Donovan was with Rudy was not great. Like, I think it was about 0.9 points per shot. And Joe Ingles and Rudy were like 1.0. And Joe Ingles and Derek were even better. And Rubio and Rudy was 1.0. Like, one of our least good combinations 
was Donovan Mitchell and, and Ricky and Rudy Gobert. And so we only ran it. I'm, I'm remembering some of this off the top of my head, but we only ran it about 20% of the time last year as our offense because it, it wasn't greatly efficient. It wasn't a good combination. They didn't have a chemistry together. This year, ironically enough, they, we've run it a, a, a even less. I think we've run it about 15% of our offense because Mike Conley's doing more and, and Joe Ingles is doing more. Um, but they're actually really good. They're like at 1.06 or 1.07 points per pick and roll. So they're, they're way better um, than they ever used to be, um, ironically enough. So uh, they've made great strides and are getting better together, and that actually is part of the story that I don't think has been talked about at all, is how much better those guys are getting together. We've, uh, we've talked with you about this before, David, but for the benefit of our, our listening audience, I'd love to hear them hear your opinion on it. Uh, Rudy Gobert was complimentary of Donovan, saying how he is improving every year, getting a little better, a little better, and a little better. Uh, how much more progress can Donovan Mitchell make, and how good? What's his ceiling? I don't know. Um... The next step is the hardest, you know, if we're really, if we're really being honest about that, that is, that is truly the next, the next step is, is gotta be, is the biggest, most difficult step that's out there. Um, because he's probably pretty close to all NBA this year, third team. So now you're trying to get to be first or second team all NBA. Like, is that, is that where we're heading? Is that is like, that's a big, big jump. I do think there are two or three things he can do to, to really improve. Um, some of them are on, you know, him being being willing to play without the ball and the team to take care of some of these things. So one of them, I think that's really important is he's got to find a way to get more catch and shoot opportunities. He's, an elite level catch and shoot player in the NBA. Um, really, truly one of the best. Um, now, you know, if you look at Dame Lillard and Bradley Beal, the two guys I would comp him to of who he's trying to emulate, you know, they're doing a lot of their stuff off the dribble. And that would be a nice area for Donovan to show some improvement. And I, you know, I think in fairness to Donovan, he has shown that improvement, but his catch and shoot game is really special. Um, I think he's this year about 44% on catch and shoot threes. And he was 50% in the second half of the season, second part of this season. He's been 50%. I, uh, I'd have to run the numbers again. You're kind of making me go back to some things I don't really remember. But my memory is if you go back to February 1st on Donovan catch and shoot to, you know, I guess today or March 11th, um, he's at 50% catch and shoot in that time period is, is my memory, maybe even above. And one of the top three or four in the NBA. So, you know, if he can find a way to go from the two catch and shoot shots he has, um, a game to four or five threes. I think that would be a mammoth change in him. Part two uh, for him is a slight uptick in his pull-up game. He's gotten a little bit better in it. That's what makes Dane so unbelievable. But he he's made he's he's improved. His rookie year was not good. I think it was twenty nine percent. He's been thirty three percent since. So that's good. And if he can get it to thirty five or thirty six percent, it's over. Um, the other one is, and this is what Bradley Beal really did. And you know, if Donovan, since he won't see Bradley Beal in the bubble, he won't be able to ask him. But if Bradley, you know, I and I do, by the way, I think that's going to be a huge part of the bubble story is the friendships and conversations and these basketball kind of conversations that have. But if you look at Donovan right now, for thirty six minutes, his free throw rate. 
dropped significantly from year two to year three. He went from 5.5 free throws per 36 minutes to 4.8 free throws. Bradley Beal has done the opposite in year six, seven of his career, which is somewhat unheard of. Players don't usually do that. And what did Bradley Beal do to go from 4.5 to 5.3 to 8.0 free throws per 36 minutes? Because whatever that is, is what took him from 25 points to 31 points a game. Sorry, that was a long answer. It's good. It was good, though. Uh, David, we, we appreciate all your answers when you jump on with us. And, uh, hey, next time you're, you're saw, around Salt Lake, hit me up. We, gotta, we should get a coffee and decide how we're going to make this broadcast kick butt. Yes, we need to do a social distancing. Um, I was talking to, I was reaching out to various jazz people. It was a sad day yesterday for a lot of us when the team left without us. So I... Um, I was talking to someone that we need to all get together. So um, we'll see. All right, buddy. Well, we appreciate you jumping on with us. Okay. Talk to you soon. See you, David. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, and always a terrific conversation here on the big show each and every Wednesday. Uh, and uh, I thought he was right on the money about uh, pretty much everything. Yeah. Especially uh, the parts where he really agreed with me from yesterday's yeah, show. That's- he was agreeing with you, but, but. He also made room there for Rudy to be able the, the difference between what you're saying and what I'm saying is two shots a game. Uh, two more shots a game. Well, and you're just assuming that's what he's looking for. Yeah, I think that would do it. Why would that do it? He's been complaining about it all year long, over two shots a game? No, come on. Uh, well, see, he hasn't complained about the times when he's gotten more. But when he's gotten five, then that's something for him to You're just mad he agreed with me. What? You're just mad he agreed with me. What? That David agreed with me. You're just mad. I'm not mad. It's okay. We can I'm all not you know, mad. ain't no good guys, ain't no bad there are, guys. There are there are times when Rudy would shoot twelve get twelve attempts in a game and and do really well. And then there would be times when he wouldn't see the ball much and uh get five shots. I think, and I think those are those are the times that he gets bothered by it. Uh, not when he, the average is, you know, the average. But there were certain times when it was lower than that. But you don't think the other team has anything to do with that? That's just simply them ignoring Rudy. All I know is there were times when I saw Rudy open and he didn't get the ball. <laughs> 